0: to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him.
1: I know these first two sessions have been amazing. I'm telling you, we've been on our feet, literally having a great time, shouting and rejoicing in the Lord and what he's done. And I'm trusting that you are enjoying this time here at the table with Dr. Cahill. Uh, My friend, Pastor James Perkins and I have longed for an opportunity just to have that time at a table and hear the word of God. And we wanted him to deliver that word concerning healing. So you're going to enjoy this third session or a third installment uh, from Luke's gospel chapter 13. Uh, Hold your, well, don't even buckle your seatbelt. Just get your Bible in your hand and get a notepad and take notes. You're going to have a great time.
2: All right, let's go back to Luke chapter 13. There's a lot in here. We just barely scratched the surface. There's just years of teaching here, but wanna focus on, on the five spiritual tools with the emphasis on the teaching. And this third thought is faith and sounding the trumpets of healing, the trumpets of healing. When we sound the word of God, it's like a trumpet. Faith and sounding the trumpets of, of healing that we may embrace and experience and enjoy the confirmation and blessing of healing. The faith and sounding the trumpets that we may embrace, enjoy and experience, and then even be an expression of the healing gospel or the power of God or the blessing and confirmation of the gospel. So he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. So in in the book of Leviticus 25, without turning to it in verse uh, 9 and 10, the Bible instructs us on the day of Jubilee, when the blood of the sacrifice goes on the mercy seat, we were to sound a trumpet of freedom and liberty. Well, the good news is we're not waiting on the blood to go on the mercy seat. Let's all shout, Jesus died and has risen again and entered in with his own blood and put the blood on the mercy seat. And that blood is our jubilee. And when Jesus put his blood on the mercy seat, that blood became a perpetual jubilee to us. The word jubilee means a festival, a celebration, an incredible party, a celebration. So, we're celebrating this morning. We are celebrating our Jubilee. And God said there in Leviticus, He said, Now you proclaim liberty throughout all your land and sound these trumpets. Sound the trumpets throughout all your land. So, I'm going to just walk through a systematic revelation of healing with you here and we'll go as far as we can. I'll sound a trumpet and preach a little bit. Sound a trumpet, preach a little bit. Trumpet number one sounds. Listen to this God never changes. Anybody preaching that God has changed is preaching a lie. We need to be bold. There are men called sensationalists today that are preaching God has changed. He no longer works miracle signs and wonders. He no longer heals the sick. He no longer fills with the Holy Ghost. He no longer has apostolic gifts. God has changed. Beloved, God does not change. All he ever was, he is. He is God Almighty all by himself. There is none like him, none beside him. Jesus is Lord, and he does not change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The anthem of the church. Jesus Christ never changes. God is unchangeable or immutable in his character, his conviction. He is immutable in his covenant names. He said he was Jehovah Jireh. That means he's still Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nissi. That means he's still Jehovah Nissi. He said he's Jehovah Sidkenu. He's still Jehovah Sidkenu. He said he's Jehovah Shammah. That means he's still Jehovah Shammah. He said that he is Jehovah Rhea, the shepherd of the sheep. He's still the shepherd of the sheep. He's still Jehovah Rea. He said he's Jehovah Shalom. That means he's still Jehovah Shalom. He said I'm Jehovah Rapha, which is the Lord thy healer. That means he's still our healer today. Jehovah Rapha, he cannot change. He always has been God. He always will be God. He's God Almighty all by himself. He doesn't need my help or your help. He doesn't need our vote. He doesn't need a committee. He doesn't need a denomination to tell him what to do. He's God Almighty all by himself, and he is God, and he does not change. Our God does not change. And anybody preaching that God changes has missed God, and there are lots of people out there falling for that lie. God does not change. Malachi 3 and verse 6 I am the Lord, and I change not. You have no right to decide who God is. You only have the privilege to discover who God is. It is not your right to pick this up and decide who God is. You have no right to decide who God is, only a right to discover who God is. And as you walk with God, I can just testify, I discovered he was a Savior back in 1979. But I want to shout this morning, he's more of a Savior than I thought he was. I found that he saved me a whole lot more than I thought I could ever be saved. He saved me more. I'm hopelessly, helplessly saved today. Glory to God. I've discovered he's a savior. I discovered he's a healer back then, but I've discovered he's a whole lot more healer than I thought he was. I discovered he baptized in the Holy Ghost back then, but he's much more of a baptizer than I ever thought he was. See, the reality of it is the more you walk with God, the more you're going to know God. And God is going to unveil. And the idea for you to think that you know God is almost ridiculous. You don't know Him very well. I had two Baptist young people come by my house oh, several years ago and they knocked on the door, young man, young lady, beautiful kids. We would like to talk to you about Jesus, sir. I said, okay, let's sit down on the steps. We talked about Jesus about 10 minutes. The lady asked me, the young lady, she looked like she's about 21, she said, do you know Jesus? I said, not very well. I know Him a little. She said, are you born again? I said, I'm born again, but I want to know Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. She started talking, and about 10 minutes into our conversation, she put her hands on her hips. She's real cute, you know. She said, for somebody that don't know Jesus very well, you know a lot of scriptures. You know a lot about the Bible for somebody. I said, I didn't say, I just, I know him, but I just don't know him very well. And then before I left them, I blessed them, because thank God for anybody out knocking on doors telling people about Jesus. Thank God for anybody that'll go out and witness about Jesus. Let me say this, the Jehovah Witnesses knocked on my door since I've been in town 27 years. Uh, The Mormons have knocked on my door and the Baptists, not one Pentecostal, not one charismatic, not one word of faith person has ever knocked on my door and asked me about Jesus. I don't know the Lord very well. So Paul says, oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering and be made conformable unto his death. All of us need to be on a journey to know God better because as you get to know him, you'll understand him and you'll see him. He's more of a healer than you think he is. He is a healer. He heals the mind, the soul, the body. He is a healer, and our God does not change. So we sound this trumpet God never changes. All He was, He is, all He is, He ever shall be. God does not change. Him who is, was, and is to come, God does not change. Trumpet number two sounds man before the fall. If God wanted a man sick, He would have made a sick man, but nobody can preach Adam sick. God made man in His own image, and when man opened His eyes, He could see. When He opened His ears, He could hear. When His heart began to beat, It beat right. When his blood pressure was taken, it was 120 over 80. Just exactly what it was supposed to be. There was no malfunction. There was not one malfunction in Adam before the fall. Why? You have to go deeper. Why did God do that? Why was there not one sickness or one malfunction in Adam before the fall, spirit, soul, or body? Because God wanted a man without dysfunction. God created man in his own image. And because God does does not change, he's never changed his plan. He only changed the man. See, the first man fell, but Jesus came as a man. He just changed man. He just changed seeds because if you want a different harvest, you've got to change your seed. Praise God. Praise God. So man before the fall. That tells me God wants me. Well, he never changed his plan. He just sent Jesus to put the plan back in action. Number three, sickness entered the human race by the fall. Sickness is here because of Adam's sin, not because God wanted it here. Sickness is not God's teaching tool. Let's prove that. Now, we don't want to just throw random statements out there because we get criticized for that. Let me prove that. When the spirit of truth has come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. Well, if the spirit of God is leading me and guiding me into all truth, there's no truth left for sickness to guide me into. The unction you have received abides in you and teaches you all things. So if the anointing or the unction teaches me all things, there's nothing left for sickness to teach me. Beloved, the Holy Ghost is the teacher of the church sickness is not the teacher of the church you can learn in sickness but you don't have to be in sickness to learn boy there's a lot of teaching we could do there sickness is not the teacher of the church the holy ghost is my teacher and the holy ghost does not make people sick he makes people well trumpet number two sounds trumpet number three sounds sickness entered by the fall number four is that sickness god strategically put sickness under the curse and put the curse in the cup and jesus drank your curse God put sickness under the curse. Read it. Deuteronomy twenty-eight fifteen through 67. God said, these are the curses of the law. And sickness is a curse of the law. Deuteronomy 28, 61 says it this way. Deuteronomy 28, 61 said, and every sickness and plague not written in the book of the law is under the curse. And these will God bring upon you until you be destroyed. That is under the curse of the law. So let's examine three things. Number one, That sickness and disease, written or not written in the Bible. For example, I can't find cancer in my Bible. I can't find heart attack or COVID in my Bible. So he said sickness or disease, written or not written in the book, is under the curse. So everything not written is under the curse. Praise God. Number two, God putting sickness on you is under the curse, Deuteronomy 28, 61. And number three, dying from sickness is under the curse. How are we going to die then? We're going to die by faith. Let's try that. The Lord has shown me I must shortly put off this, my tabernacle. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 through 15. Listen to it. The Lord has shown me I must shortly put off this, my tabernacle. That's the way Peter went. Paul said, I'm ready now to be offered up. I have finished my course, fought a good fight. I have kept the faith, and now henceforth I'm ready. So unless we have fought a good fight, kept the faith, we have finished our course. So we're not going anywhere till we have finished our course. Lots of believers die a premature death. We're not going to die a premature death. The number of thy days I will fulfill. And if you'll live on God's terms, you can go home on your terms. This is my tabernacle. And Peter said, it's written in 2 Peter chapter 1, the Lord has shown me I must put off this, my tabernacle. If the Lord showed Peter that, he'll show you that. So I'm going to believe God to do exactly what God promised Abraham. I'm going to my father's in peace. I'm going home, and when it's time for me to go, I'll know, and I'll be able to do everything necessary, and then I'll be able to pray and impart to those near me and closest to me, and then I'll go home by faith in Jesus' name the way I'm supposed to. That's what I'm believing for, but you don't wait till the day before you die of sickness to do that. You start right now today because that's not going to happen unless you believe it. See, I can preach that over you, but that's not going to work unless you believe it. You say, Father, I'll fulfill my days and destiny, and when it's time to go home, Father, you and I will be in agreement, and I'll lay this tabernacle off, and I'll step from here to there by faith, and my family and everyone around me will see the testimony of how to die by faith, because the church knows how to get born again by faith, but the church has not learned to live by faith or die by faith yet. The church is ignorant when that subject is concerned, totally ignorant. They are absolutely ignorant where that subject of dying by faith is concerned. Moses walked to his own funeral how about that Moses walked to his own funeral how'd you like to do that so I'm coming down to mortuary what for well I'm gonna, when I get down there I'm gonna leave where are you going I'm gonna go home to be with the Lord you can have my body I'll just bring it to you oh preacher you've gone far-fetched no I'm just being radical for Jesus praise God well one thing I do know this if we don't shoot the gun we ain't gonna hit the target if you don't shoot the gun, you, yeah, bad English, you're not, for those of you more educated, you're not going to hit the target. But in South Carolina, you ain't going to hit the target. <laughs> So God never changes. Trumpet number one. We're sound. This is just teaching you the healing gospel. Here's how you teach it. Man before the fall, man after the fall, and sickness is under the curse. And God redeemed us from those three things of, of sickness, every one of them, written or not written, God putting sickness on us and dying from disease. So I believe I'm going to my father's in peace, Genesis fifteen fifteen. Trumpet number five sounds. The Old Testament is full of Healing. One of the graces of the Old Testament, God was a healer and he promised the Jewish people in Deuteronomy 7.15 and Exodus 23.25, I will take sickness from the midst of you. That's Exodus 23.25 and Deuteronomy 7.15, I will take sickness from the midst of you. He promised them that. But let's shout this morning, we have a better covenant established on better promises. And it's not less in any realm. They had the blood of the bulls and goats. We have the blood of Jesus. They had the death of an animal, we have the death of Christ. They had no resurrection of the animal, we have the resurrection of Christ. The Spirit of God came on them, the Spirit of God lives in us. They had access to the wisdom of God through the prophet's ministry, we have the mind of Christ living in us. They had healing, so what should we have? More healing, more healing. They didn't have the stripes, we have the stripes. Isaiah prophesied they would come, but we can look back. The stripes are not coming, beloved. He was wounded. He was striped. Our healing is in the stripes of Jesus. We have the stripes, so we have a better covenant established on better promises. That healing stuff was just for the Jews. Have you heard that one before? That was just under the old covenant. Our covenant's only better because God forgave us of our sins, and now our sins are not imputed against us. But the rest of that stuff belonged to the Jews. Beloved, we have a better covenant established on better promises. It's not just a better covenant spiritually. It's better spiritually, mentally, physically, socially, financially, and eternally. It's a better covenant. When those Old Testament saints left their body, they had to go down to the upper Sheol or the upper place in paradise. The rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus was in the upper place with Abraham. They had to go there. But you and I get ushered right into the presence of God. We have a better covenant. There's no comparison to the old or new. So Psalms 105, 37 says it this way. There was not one feeble one among their tribes when he brought them out of, of Egypt. Not one. Now hear that. They weren't all young people. They weren't all 21 or 31. There were some old people in there. There were some grandmas and grandpas, and they had been under Egyptian slavery. They had no health care system. They worked seven days a week. They had no vacations. They had no rest time. They worked 16 hours a day. They made brick. They made mortar. They did whatever Pharaoh said for them to do. They were slaves. Malnutrition, mistreated, no medical plan. But when God healed them through the Passover meal... When they ate Passover that night, when they ate the flesh of the lamb the next morning, every one of them, grandma and grandpa got up, but they were whole and healed, and they walked out of Egypt healed and well by the death of a natural lamb. Beloved, if a natural lamb, if natural blood on a door make death pass by, how much more will blood on your life, the blood of Jesus, make death pass over you? How much more if that flesh of a natural lamb healed their body? How much more with the flesh of Jesus, this is my body, heal your body. We have a better covenant established on better problems. Not one feeble one among their tribes. So I'm just going to speak over Joplin Family Worship Center. Not one feeble person among your tribes. Not one. Over over Covenant Church there in Carthage, not one feeble person among your tribe. Over Pastor Andy and Tiffany, not one feeble one at Victory Christian Center. Not one. I mean, not one. Why? Jehovah Rapha is our healer. Not one. We got a better covenant. See, this is teaching healing. We've got a better covenant established on better promises. Now, if that don't do it for you, this one really ought to set you on fire. This is good news that will light your fuse right here. Number six, Jesus came... And Jesus is a healer. If you want to know the will of God, you got to look at Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus said, I don't do anything but what I see my Father do. And I don't say anything but what I hear my Father say. So we can say without any reservation, if you want to look at God, you must see Jesus in action. He's the will of God in action. The leper said, you can make me clean if you will. And Jesus said, I will. Jesus is not saying, I will today. He, Jesus is saying, I have. I have. See, it's not God's turn to speak. It's your turn. God is saying, by whose stripes you were healed. So Jesus healed. John the Baptist sent his messengers and said, ask him, is he the Christ or should I look for another? Tell John, the lepers are cleansed the deaf hear, the blind see, the cripple walk, the dumb sing, and the kingdom of God is preached to the poor, you tell him that. Isaiah prophesied in chapter 35 when Messiah would come that the blind would see, the lame would walk, the lame would leap like a deer upon the mountains. He promised the deaf would hear and the dumb would sing. Jesus is a healer. When Peter was preaching at Cornelius' house, he said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Jesus was a healer. And if he was, beloved, he has to be. Why? All we got to do is read Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What a strange doctrine. What a strange doctrine to teach that Jesus healed the sick while he walked the sandy seashores of Galilee. But today at the right hand of God, he stopped healing. He's less of a healer there than he was at the right or there than he was on the sandy seashores of Galilee. That's a strange doctrine, beloved. It's also a false doctrine. So it's time to just be bold. I'm not going to fight the men that preach that. I'm just going to attack the doctrine. I could sit here and call names, but I don't believe in doing that because I embrace them as my brothers and sisters. I don't want to call anybody's name. I could call their names. I've listened to them. I've heard them. I've listened to their arguments. I don't want to attack the men, but that doctrine is false. And it don't matter who preaches it. It don't matter when it's preached, where it's preached. It don't matter who believes it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all he ever was, he still is, praise God. He's a healer. And he went about doing good, healing all that were pressed to the devil, for God was with him. What right does a man have to tell you that God has changed? All through those miracles. How about this? For your eyes this morning, there were eight specific blind men healed. In Jesus' ministry. There were two by Jericho and two in the house. There's four. Bartimaeus is five. The man that saw men as trees is six. The pool of Siloam is seven. And the blind demoniac in Matthew chapter uh, 12 is number eight. There were eight blind specific men healed. So your eyes there. You got eight examples of how God heals eyes. Bartimaeus couldn't see a thing. He never saw light. But Jesus healed him. So you go back to those examples and say, Jesus, you healed Bartimaeus. So thank you right now I receive my healing in my eyes in Jesus' name. I thank you my eyes are being healed. And I thank you I receive healing in Jesus' name in my eyes right now. I expect to see better today than I did yesterday. Hallelujah. Jesus healed the blind. How about these three? Uh, Jairus' daughter. How about the widow's son and Lazarus? Each of them. The little girl was dead for an hour. Now, if you're in the medical community, you know what happens to a body when it has no blood or oxygen for an hour. All your internal organs perish. They become non-functionable. And then how about the boy? He had been dead a day. What happens to the organs without blood or oxygen for a day? And how about Lazarus? Four days dead. What happened to his brain? What happened to his heart? What happened to his pancreas, his liver, his kidneys? What happened to his blood? What happened to his his throat? What happened to his spinal column? It all disintegrated. But God raised through Jesus that little girl from the dead. Her organs had to be restored. God raised that boy from the dead. The widow's son and his organs had to be restored. And God raised Lazarus from the dead and his internal organs had to be restored. That's how I got a new pancreas. I kept going to Lazarus' tomb day after day after day. I kept going there, and I'd sit in my mind, and by my faith, I'd sit, and I'd watch Lazarus, that, that, that nasty corpse wrapped up, smelling stench. I watched them roll the stone away. From my left eye as I sit in my den in my solarium studying the Word of God out of John 11, I saw Jesus with a horseshoe of people around him. And Martha says, don't do this, Lord. By now, He stinks. And I look and Jesus is standing there and, and with fire in his eyes and with tears on his face, he looks up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me already. And not for my sake, but those who stand around. And I hear him say, Lazarus, and the earth begins to shake in my, it begins to shake, Lazarus, come forth. And the earth begins to shake. And I'm sitting there by faith by the side of Lazarus. And I watch and all of a sudden God has to make a new heart and a new brain, a new kidneys, a new liver. And he made a new pancreas. And I said, that's what you can do in me. God, do it in me. Do it in me, Jesus. Make me a new pancreas because you never change. And God is my witness. I sit here today without diabetes, without an insulin pump, without medication. They told me I'd always have medication. They told me I'd always have to be a diabetic. But I sit here today healed and free, well in my body without diabetes. Why? Because he's a healer. Hallelujah. He's a healer. It's hard to stay seated and be this excited. Hallelujah. He's a healer. He's a healer. He's a healer. If you need a new kidney right now in Jesus' name, if you need a new liver, you put your hands on your liver and say, Father, I received what you did in Lazarus. He got a new liver. Father, create in me a new liver. Make new kidneys, Lord. Lord, I need a new heart. My heart ain't beating right. Lord, be, uh, God, make a new heart in me. My arteries, my veins, my sinews, God, my oracles and ventricles, God, make my heart right. God, my blood in Jesus' name, I need healing for my blood. How about the woman with the issue of blood? How about, it? you know, the life of the flesh is in the blood. You know, if you want your body healthy, you've got to get some healthy blood. Doctors take your blood because they want to know what's going on in your blood. They can tell you what's going on in your body when they find out what's going on in your blood. And the woman said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. She had an issue of blood. Now, she was hemorrhaging. And there's a great deal of teaching you could do there. She was hemorrhaging at the point of intimacy. And that's a picture of the church because the church is hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging at the point of intimacy. We can't be intimate with one another. We keep fussing and fighting. And the fact that she was hemorrhaging at the point of intimacy says she's not pregnant. She didn't have the seed of another in her. And the church hemorrhaging says we don't have seed in us. And it says we're not pregnant with another life. I mean, there's a thousand things you could preach about that in the spirit. But naturally, she had an issue of blood. Let me ask you a question. What's your issue of blood? Low blood. No iron in your blood. Tired blood. Sick blood. How about leukemia in your blood? Whatever it is, she touched the hem of his garment and immediately her issue of blood was healed. I just command you in Jesus' name, receive your healing in your blood right now. Jesus is a healer. See, this trumpet's sounding. This is how you teach healing. Her blood was healed. And you get some healthy blood flowing through your veins and your body starts responding. Healthy blood will create a healthy liver. Healthy blood through the kidneys. Healthy blood. The issue of her blood was healed. How about the woman with the spirit of infirmity? She was bowed uh, over with arthritic condition. Got any arthritis? Got any stiffness in your joints? Got any crippling arthritis in Jesus' name? Then right now, that spirit of infirmity, Jesus said, woman, you are loosed from the spirit of your infirmity. So you start moving your hands and moving your shoulders and you say, thank you, Lord, that spirit of infirmity leaves my body. It's rebuked in Jesus' name. and My joints are healed and my joints are made whole and my knees begin to bend and my, I feel the warm power of God over my knees and over my, my ankles and my hips in Jesus' name. That's how you do it, beloved. You've got more authority over that body sitting there than I'll ever have sitting up here because you live in that house. I can't come to your house and tell you how to paint your kitchen. I can't come to your house and tell you how to wallpaper your bathroom. That's your house. And I can can come in there and help you. All I can do is help you, but you have got to take authority over the house. Spirit of infirmity. How about on behalf of our children? The nobleman brought his son to Jesus. He came by proxy. How about the Canaanite woman? She came by proxy. My daughter, lieth home grievously tormented, vexed with the devil. She didn't, she didn't hide it. She's vexed with the devil. My daughter's got a devil and she needs deliverance. You don't need to hide it from God. God knows what we are and where we are. How about the man that brought his boy and says, My, my son is cast off and into the waters and fire, and the spirit came to him of his child. How about Jairus coming on behalf of his daughter? You know, you can bring your children to Jesus. And then... The deaf man, Jesus put his fingers in his ears. The fingers are a type of the ministry. God wants to put the ministry in your ears. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And God wants to put the fingers of God in your ears, the fingers of the ministry. And say, after be thou open so you can hear God's voice. And then the string of your tongue be loose. What's your tongue tied to? Is your tongue tied to sickness this morning? If it's tied to sickness, it needs to be loose so you can start speaking boldly the word of God. Malchus's right ear was put on. You need to hear the favor of God. There are people sitting in church because the preacher cut their right ear off and they can't hear a thing God's saying. You need your right ear put back on before you leave today. And the centurion summed it up. He said, just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. You see, it's not God's turn to talk. It's your turn to talk. In Jesus' name, it's time for you to receive your healing by boldly decree. By his stripes, I am healed. In Jesus' name.
1: This is Pastor Dan, and I want to say thank you for joining me and Pastor James Perkins here at the table with Dr. John T. Cahill. His ministry has been such a blessing to us, and I trust that you have thoroughly enjoyed and been empowered by the Word of God. Uh, My friend Josh says, I'm changed. I'm transformed. I love those words. That's what I am every time I hear the Word of God. I appreciate the way he broke the bread of life for us today to hear concerning healing. And we look forward to bringing you more encounters with Dr. Cahill here in the future. Until then, we pray that God's Word will continue to work greatly, mightily in your life. Embrace the Word of God and be changed by it every time you read it, every time you hear it.
0: Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wermuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at kno.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free. Are you walking in everything God has for you? Hi, I'm Pastor Gary Culp, and I'd like to invite you to check out the Exceedingly Abundant Ministries podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network. This 30-minute weekly Bible study will give you time to grow spiritually and get to know God and His Word on a deeper level. God has more in store for you than you ever realized. Listen to Exceedingly Abundant Ministries today and learn about how God can do more with your life than you ever imagined.